0: We are thankful and grateful tonight for your goodness, for your mercy. We ask, Lord, that you speak to our hearts. Change us, Lord. Let our presence here not be in vain. Father, may we not live here the same as we came. Holy Spirit, we avail ourselves to you. Teach us tonight. Take over this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands for Jesus and you may be seated. Luke chapter fifteen. Luke chapter fifteen and verse eleven. Today is the formal last day of our but it's our church, so we can decide to continue with these powerful messages the messages on salvation we are talking about how you can preach salvation how you can preach salvation wonderful is that doris yes. wow awesome powerful you are welcome wonderful Did you tell the people you were going to Yankee? Or you didn't tell them that? (laughs) Amen. People here take things for granted. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. So we are preaching on the salvation message 3, the prodigal son. And today, by the grace of God, we may conclude... How many of you are tired of hearing this? Are you tired of hearing this message? See, this is one of salvation messages that preaches to both Christians and unbelievers. And I, I love this message. It says, and he said, Jesus is telling a story in Luke 15, verse 11. He said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his field to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto them, Thy brother is come, and thy father had killed the fatted calf, because he had received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came in his father. Therefore came his father out and entreated him, and he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at any time thy commandments, and yet thou never givest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with halots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf, and he said unto him, son thou art ever with me and all that I have is thine I was, it was meet that we should make merry and be glad for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found hallelujah amen, amen. well this is one of the greatest stories that Jesus told and this story pertains to the house of God. The father's house represents the church, the house of God. And the father in this story represents God. And the two sons represent two types of God's children. Hallelujah. And we said both of these types, these two types of God's children, are in the same house. They live in the same house under the same rules. And they have the same father. But we realize that one of them is rebellious. And one of them leaves the house. One of them leaves the house. Hallelujah. So it is not unusual that 50% of the people leave. And we've been sharing a lot of things from this story. The first point we made here was that this world contains two types of children. Obedient children and rebellious children. It says a certain man had two sons. So there are obedient children and rebellious children. You will have a child that is obedient and you will have another one that is rebellious. Amen. So in the church also, we have obedient sons and daughters and we have rebellious sons and daughters. I'm pointing here and there, but I'm not... <laughs> Okay, I'm not... um... Okay, so obedient sons and and then rebellious. How about that? Okay. When we went to church, Reverend kept pointing at my direction that I am rebellious. Hallelujah. So we have obedient sons and daughters and we have rebellious sons and daughters in the same house, in the same church, Hearing the same messages, hearing the same preaching, receiving the same messages, but you'll find half of the children who are disobedient or rebellious. Amen. And so we studied and we, we read several scriptures that shows us that 50% of us will be taken to heaven and 50% will be left. Amen. And you must include yourself in the 50% that will be taken up to heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we share that we are all in the house receiving the same message and calling the same father and say, Father, 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 Father. But not all of them will go to heaven. Not all of us are obedient. Amen. So these two children, they were all calling the same father, calling on the same father, but half of them or one of them, one of two is how many percentages? It's 50%. Isn't that so? Yes, it's 50%. And we read in, uh, in the Bible how two women will be in the field and one will be taken and one will be left. Two men in the bed, one will be taken and one will be left. Isn't it not 50%? Ten virgins, half of them will, be, will, will, will have oil in their lamps. Half of them will not have. Isn't it not 50%? So whichever way you look at it, there will be 50% left and 50% taken away. And so Jesus said, on that day, many shall call him Lord, Lord. These Lord, Lord people, or the people who call him Lord, Lord, they are included in the hundred percent. But half of the people who say, Lord, Lord, he shall say to them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Amen. So if you are in the house, you don't make assumption that we are all obedient sons. And we are all obedient daughters. There are disobedient or rebellious ones and you must also be able to identify which one is rebellious, which one is obedient, which one is helping you grow spiritually, which one of the children are taking you closer to the father. Amen. Which one of the children are helping you know more about the father's inheritance? Hallelujah. Because on that day you'll be amazed to realize that Someone that you thought was very close to the Father is calling Lord, Lord. Someone that you heard calling Lord, Lord all the time is left behind. Hallelujah. Now, number two, he says rebellious youth turn away from God. Rebellious youth turn away from God. When you are younger, you always have this tendency to turn away from rules, from directions, from guidance, from from counseling. When you are younger, it is always a, you have a tendency always to turn away from guidance. and from Because you see, when, whenever you are being guided, you feel some form of oppression. Do you understand? Because you want to do certain things, but the counseling is the opposite. You know, whenever counseling is in the direction of what you want to do, it ceases to be counseling. Then you become a very wise person who doesn't need counseling. Do you understand? But counseling often is to guide you. Now, guiding someone means if you were to left alone, you will go the wrong way. Isn't that so? Yeah. 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 When you go to the airport and you come out from the airport and you come into the checkout or or the immigration, for instance, they have this maze. You see? You may not like it. You may not like it. You may think that You know, you see, and that is how children behave. They see a direct path and they don't understand why you are saying I should go this way and come that way and come this way and then come. Isn't all the same? And you think you have your way of getting there. You have your way of doing things. But someone who has walked the walk that you are walking, someone who has walked it before, someone who has done exactly what you are doing now or someone who has been at that age before is saying, no, go this way. Go that way, come this way, and then come this way. You say, why can I not just go this way? So if you go to the airport, for instance, and you see a maze like that, you can see directly the people are right there. And you can just go to the window and talk to the man. But they have this maze that you go round and round, no matter how many people, even it can be three people. Even if there are just three of you that came from the airplane, you can just remove the things and just walk to the counter, and say, after all, it's just three of us. You can't do that. Do you understand? And it has a purpose and a reason to create order. When there is multitude of counseling, there is order. There is safety. Amen. In other words, when there's multitude of such guidance... When there's a multitude of you can do this, you can do this, you can go here, you can, you can do this, you can do. And when you have multitude of such things, it is safety for you. Amen. Children, are you hearing me? Yes. And I, I was sharing with you that as an adult also, you need counseling. No one is beyond counseling. Do you understand? No one is beyond counseling. The reason is that no one can have wisdom that is above the word of God. No one can have wisdom that is above the word of God. You you cannot be wise enough that you are beyond counseling. That is why an adult also, you need a pastor. Without a pastor, you are also in danger. Amen. You are also in danger. Because then there is no counseling in your life. Number three, he says, rebellious men forsake God and embark on self-destructive journeys. They embark on self-destructive journeys. Number four, he says, people go far from God as possible, as far from God as possible, when they are filled with the spirit of rebellion. When people are filled with the spirit of rebellion, it makes them move further and further away from God. When people are filled with the spirit of rebellion, you see them moving further and further away from the church. That is how you identify a person that is filled with rebellion. You see that you start distancing yourself from church activities. You start hiding. That should tell you that you are becoming rebellious. Amen. You said, people go as far as possible from God. When this young man was filled with rebellion, when he was filled with rebellion, the sign was that he rose up one day and he wanted to leave. And the Bible says, he, he, says, and he took his journey into a far country. A far country where there is no guidance. Where there, is, there are no instructions. Where there are no curfews. There are no such things as you have to be home at this time. Or you have to sleep at this time. When you do that, you are moving yourself away from guidance prematurely. Amen. Amen. And an adult also, when you move away from such guidance, you are moving into destruction. Hallelujah. He says rebellious people want to go as far from God as possible. They want to be as far from the church as possible. Isn't that so? When you see a person that is rebellious, you realize that the person distances himself or herself from the church activities. When the church is planning to do this, you see, you have a rebellious spirit not to do the same thing. Amen. Or you don't know what I'm talking about. Number five. It says, many people are wasting their lives. And there wasted his substance. Luke 15 verse 13. It says, and there he wasted his substance. There are many people who are wasting their lives. Many people are wasting their time. You see... Our going and coming week after week, day after day, Sunday after Sunday, should not be wasted. It should not be wasted. You see, but we come and we hear and we go back and do the same things that we came with. You see, that is a sign that we are wasting our lives. We are wasting, we could be doing other things by this time. Isn't that so? We could be doing other things, but we choose on a Tuesday evening... To come and sit to hear the word of God. What is the purpose? We are expecting that God will transform us. We will renew our minds. But many people are wasting their lives. Many people are wasting their lives. Many people are being counseled about going to school, doing this, doing that. And they are wasting their lives. You see, whenever time moves, whenever time moves, you can never get that time back again. Whenever time moves... Have you realized that? Whenever time moves, you can never get a time back again. Many young women are wasting their lives. They waste their bodies on men. Until they are so old looking. That no one is interested in them any longer. Many young women. You see, but you see, when you are young, you think that you have all the time ahead of you. You know, sometimes the best thing to do is take some of the photographs that you took last year or maybe two years ago. You see, the body is, the body is constantly deteriorating. Do you understand? It is constantly changing. You realize that you're, you're, you are not the same like you used to be. Sometimes your size is not the same. And even it gets to a stage where you can't even change it as much as you want to. Have you not realized that? It gets to a stage that is difficult to, you know that this is the way it's going, and it's difficult to change it. You see, so once you are young and you have the ability, don't waste your lives. Do not waste your lives. Sometimes you see that your hair, you are losing all your hair. You are losing all your hair. As a young woman, you are becoming like a man. You are bald having a man's hair pattern. Yeah. And sometimes even the makeup doesn't even help. Have you not realized that? Sometimes you try the makeup and even if you are not careful, then it's going to make you look like a dead person. Because you want to look young. Thank God for makeups. One day we are going to have makeup free day. In the church. The men are clapping. (laughs) That means they want to really see some things. Many men also waste their money acquiring unnecessary things. Many men waste their money acquiring unnecessary things. Spend money on unnecessary things. Spend money on unnecessary things. There are some men that spend so much of their money on themselves. <laughs> Buying clothes every week. Every, every fashion, every outing, you have to buy new clothes. You are wasting your life. Are you learning something? You are wasting your life. You are wasting your money every new gadget that comes you want to acquire it many people have phones that are working you have a phone that is working why do you have to buy a new one because they have made a new one why do you have to buy a new one if the one you have is working what do you know that there was a time in life that we didn't have cell phones yes and we survived. And there was a time in life the cell phones that were made were like the home phones. Oh, you don't know that. They were like the home phones that we carry. And the only way you will carry it is to slide it on your, in your belt like with a, like a gun. <laughs> you don't know. And if you had one like that, you want to walk around and let everyone know that you have a cell phone. Yeah. And that means you are really advanced. You see, you are wasting. And the people know that you have a taste like that. They make the same thing and then they add some future. And they say, don't add this feature this year. Let's add it next year. Because they want you to buy another one. You are wasting your money. You are wasting your money. Most of you never own TVs. But now every year you have a new TV... That you want to buy. Laziness is also a form of wasting your life. He also that is slothful. Proverbs 18 verse 9. He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is great waster. That means that slothfulness, laziness is a brother of someone who is a great waster. If you are lazy... You are equal to or you are related to a waster. Do you understand it? Laziness is a form of wasting life, wasting time. Each time you feel lazy to get up to do something, that time will pass. You can never get a time back. And the thing that you have to do, you will have to do it. But you have to sacrifice something to get that thing done. Are you listening to me? Yes. So anytime you say, I will do it, and you are wasting the time because of laziness, not that you are occupied to do another thing, but you feel lazy to rise up to do this, you realize that that time is gone. You see, when you are a child, you never understand this because you think that time is there. The time is there. But you see, the Bible says that our days are numbered. If you knew the number of days that you have, and you knew that, for instance, you have this number of days left you will not waste any hallelujah proverbs 21:20 20, it says there is treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise but foolish man spended it up foolish man spent there is treasure to be desired treasure means wealth wealth means unspent riches. Unspent riches. Do you understand? To have wealth means you have riches that has not been spent. That is wealth. And to have oil in the dwelling means the easiness of doing things. The ease of doing things because you have the means. You have the wealth. There are some people, they are such wasters. They are such spenders. Such that as a, as a husband, as a father in the house, when you, you have a piece of equipment that is broken, it is a major disaster in the house. When they say, they say the refrigerator in your house is broken, it is a major project in your house. It means that the whole family has to starve for about a month in order to acquire something like, oh, a furniture is broken, or a microwave is broken. You see, to have treasure, to have that wisdom of acquiring treasure, means unspent wealth, gives you the oil in the dwelling. That means the easiness of doing things. That means it does not become a a hassle that this is broken. Do you understand? You see, the lack of such wisdom, they lead to broken homes. You know, that you come home and your wife says, today the microwave is broken. It can lead to a divorce because of your lack of oil in the dwelling. The lack of oil in the dwelling. And it's a result of overspending. Overspending. There are some people they cannot keep money. When they see money, it has to go. It's like they get angry to see that money is not spent. You see, so suddenly you have received your your check from IRS and now you are worried. What do I not have? You know, you are thinking of all kinds of things that you have to acquire. Just because there's money in your hand. <laughs> Bishop talks about a story of a young man who, who inherited property from his father. His father died. He says, one of his children, he says, this um, young man, his father left him a large house with many rooms. And this young man. Who was a great Wester. Would spend his time drinking. At a local drinking bar. He would go to this local place. And he would buy alcohol. That was his life. So one day he ran out of money. And was unable to pay his bill. At the bar. So do you know what he did? He came up with a plan. Or an idea to pay his bills. By giving the barman. One of the air conditioners in the house. His father left him a big house with several rooms, and the rooms were furnished with air conditioning units. So he will go to the drinking bar and he will drink, and he will ask them, How much do I owe? And they will call a amount of money he owes. And then he says, Take this air conditioner. And then he will remove one of the air conditioners and will bring it to the, the barman. And so he will drink until the air conditioner is done, and then when it's done, he will bring another one, and then he will drink until the, that one, the second air conditioner unit, is also sold for the cost. And so, with this manner, he drank the, all the air conditioners out in the in the father's house. That is a waster. You see, there are some when they inherit, they inherit large sums of money. They don't know what to do with it. They don't know what to do with it. If any of you inherit large sums of money like that, give us, we will send missionaries to... (laughs) If you don't know what to do, we give it to your orphanage. Amen. You help, you spend it wisely. Number six. He says, rebellious people, just like everyone else will encounter crisis and trouble scripture says in 15 verse 14 that there arose a mighty famine and he began to be in want he began to be in want rebellious men will encounter problems you see when you have wealth it leads you to a path of independent spirit When you have wealth, if you are not careful, it makes you feel you don't need anyone. Hallelujah. When this young man acquired this wealth, it took him on a path of independent spirit. He didn't want to be under regulations. He didn't want to be under his father's guidance. So he went to a far country. A far country. And the Bible says, and there he wasted his substance. And there arose a mighty famine. And he began to be in want. He began to be in one. I believe when he was leaving, his father, his uncles, his aunties may have spoken to him. Don't leave. Don't go. Yes, you have this wealth, but you can stay here. Do this. Do that. And he did not want any of such people now to speak into his life. So he went to a far country where no one can see him. Where no one's voice can reach him. Where no one can call him on the telephone. And sometimes some of us do that. Some of us choose schools which are very far from our parents so that no one can see you, what you are doing. Hallelujah. Number seven, it says rebellious people do not look to God for solutions to their problems, they look elsewhere. Rebellious people, they do not look to God for solutions to their problems. They look elsewhere. Luke 15, 15, he says, And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. A citizen of that country. He said, rebellious people try to find their own solutions to their problems. Many people seek solutions through witchcraft and sorcery. Amen. Oh, yes. Many people. You see, there are many people who are in a church, but they seek solution from witchcraft and sorcery. There are many people who are in a church, but when they go to their home countries, they have some small visits to shrines. So before you leave, don't forget, before you leave, come and get this. There are people in a church who have all kinds of things around their waist and um, around their wrist and their neck and so on and so forth. You see? Proper protocol will not allow us to look at certain things. But there are several people who consult some of these things for survival. You say, we are all serving God, but we have to have some protection. He says, others seek to find love through boyfriends or girlfriends. Wow. Others seek refuge in alcohol or drugs. Are we talking to Christians? Christians who seek joy from drugs and alcohol. Christians who seek love from their boyfriends and girlfriends. He says some rebellious men seek help through work and education. You know, there are some people who feel that when they are in trouble, they have to work more. When they are in need, they have to work more. You know, there are people who, when they are they don't come to church and say, why did you not come to church? I wasn't feeling well. So what were you doing? I was home. So do you feel that home is a better place to feel well or church? You see? And then the next day they are going to work. So you see, it shows you where your trust is. It shows you where you seek your help from. And it says rebellious people do not look to God for solutions to their problems. Rebellious people do not look to their pastor for solutions to their problems. Rebellious people don't tell their pastors when they are in trouble. They even want to keep it secret. When they are having problems, they don't tell their pastors. There are certain things that they want to tell their pastor. But there are certain things they don't want to tell the pastor. True or not true? Or you don't know what I'm talking about? says, but none of these things can really help you. Going back to his father's house was the only proper solution to the young man's problems. Do you realize that? The Bible says he took his journey into a far country. And there, he wasted his substance. Look at that. So he wasted all that he had. And then, he says... And then arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. Do you see? He began to be in want and instead of seeking the father for solution, he decided to do things his own way. So what did he do? The Bible says he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. You see, there are some people, when they have trouble, when they have problems, they are not looking to God for solution. They are not looking to God for solution. They think their solution should come from another man. So this young man, he went to join himself to a citizen of that country. And what happened? I said, and he, this person, this citizen, sent him into his field to feed swine. To feed swine. So you think your solution is into working more, doing this job, finding this job. They will employ you and send you to feed swine. Look at a child who is coming from a wealthy home. You see, we don't look to God for solutions. A rich God who can make provisions with whom there is nothing that is impossible. But you would rather join yourself to another citizen to send you to feed swine. It, that is why a lot of us, when we have problems, we don't pray. When we have problems, we worry. We worry and we're thinking you know, of how we are going to solve the solution or solve the problem. We are worried about the solution to the problem. But we are not, we are not consulting God. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. He says, and he sent him to feed swine. And in the field, he would have feigned to have filled his belly with the husk. That the swine did eat. The food for the swine, he, who, he was hungry. In, he was so hungry that he wanted to eat the pig's food. And even that, no man would give him. No man will give him. You see? So, as much as you are moving away from God, you see a downward trend in your life. You are going down and down and down. Down and down and down. So, he said, no man will give him. And finally, he came to himself. May you come to yourself whenever you are in serious issues. May you always come to yourself and say to yourself that I have a father. I have a God to tend to. That you will tend to your God. He says, And he came to himself and he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go back to my father's house. Hallelujah and go back to my father's house. Because no man will help you. No man will help you. It says, put not your trust in princes, nor in the son of man, in whom there is no help. In the son of man, in whom there is no help. It looks as if there is help, but there is no help in the son of man. There is no help in man. Amen. Number eight, it says, no one can help you in this world. No one can help you in this world. No man can help you in this world. Except God. I tell you, no man can help you in this world. You see, when someone is helping you, you don't know what the person is getting from you. People don't help you until they know that they will get something from you. Yeah. When people are helping you, they know that they will get something from you. That's why it says, and no man... Give unto him. No man give unto him. Men cannot help you. So do not put your trust in a man. Do not put your trust in a man. Let's look at Jeremiah 17 and verse 5. The New Living Translation, please. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. He says, That is what the Lord says. Or this is what the Lord says. Are you listening? You are reading with me. This is what the Lord says. He says, cursed. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans. You see. It is a curse to put your trust in mere humans. The Bible says, Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans. Who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. A lot of times, people turn to God when no one can help them. When people are turning to God, they have realized that no one can help them. A lot of times. People do not turn to God when they have trouble. And so, he says, cares are those who put their trust in mere humans. Who rely on human strength. Who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. That is why when you are healthy, it is the time to find God. To seek God. Not to trust in your strength. Not to trust in your health. Amen. You don't turn to God when there is no strength. But most of us, when we are strong, we don't turn to God. The next verse, he says, they are like stunted shrubs. People who put their trust in men. They are like stunted shrubs. Do you understand what a stunted shrub? Stunted shrub is a shrub that has finished growing. It has stunted. Stunted shrub in the desert. You know, it's a it's a wild thing to be in that state. To be a stunted shrub means you will never grow again, and you are also in a desert. You see, if you are a stunted shrub and you are in some nice fertile land then there's a little hope that you grow a little bit but you are a stunted shrub in a desert with no hope for the future when you put your trust in man what a shock i'm not reading i'm not saying it do you know who is saying this or you didn't read go back to the previous verse this is what the lord says this is what god is saying the case are those who put their trust in mere humans. Who rely on human strength and their hearts away from the Lord. Who rely on human strength. That means they rely on the arm of flesh. They, their strength is in man. Their strength is in their own physical bodies. That person, the next verse says, you are like stunted shrub in the desert. With no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness. In an uninhabited salty land. Wow. Just putting your trust in man. Now have you not realized that putting your trust in man is a curse? Some women have put their trust in husbands. And their lives have gone down. Stunted shrubs in the desert. And some men have put their trust in their wives. And stunted shrubs with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. Wow. May you never be in a situation like that. May you never be in a situation like that. Uninhabited salty land. May he bypass you. The next verse, it says but listen to this but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Blessed are those. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. Hallelujah. The Lord is your hope and your confidence. May the Lord be your hope and your confidence. May your trust be in the Lord. No matter what situation you are in. No matter how difficult the situation is. No matter how the environment looks. You see, because sometimes when you look around, it looks as if no help is coming. But may your trust remain in the Lord. May you continue to have hope in the Lord. He says that, and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. To have hope means that what is around, you can't see any good coming in. Do you understand? So, when you look around and it seems there's no end to the problem, there is no solution coming, may you still have hope and confidence in the Lord. Hallelujah. The next verse, it says, They are like trees. Such a person. You see, do you remember the first description of stunted shrubs in the desert and living in an uninhabited, salty land? Why are such people? Why do they? Come to situations like that. Why? Because their trust is in man. Abina, that their trust is in mere man. As for men, I tell you, you see, you don't know, but I'll show you why you should not put your trust. Do you want to see? Okay, then let's keep reading. It says, "The ones who trust in the Lord, the ones who trust in the Lord." He says, they are like trees that are planted along a riverbank. You see, may you be planted along a riverbank. I said, may you be planted along a riverbank. Because your trust is in the Lord. Your trust is in the Lord. He said, they are like trees planted along a riverbank. You have no idea. You see, things look as if nothing is working. Things look so dry around you. Things look like no end to it. But as your hope and your confidence is in the Lord, you don't know that your life is like a tree that is planted along the river bank. With roots that reach deep into the water. Roots that reach deep into the water. So you see, as people are going through difficulty, your roots, they are going deep into the water. You are going deep into the water. It will be a source to bring you water to that tree. Therefore, he says that your life shall be like a tree that is planted along the rivers. He says, such trees are not bothered by the heat. You will never be bothered by the heat. You will never be bothered by a difficult situation. You will never be bothered by lack of money. You will not be bothered by that. Because your trust is in the Lord. Such trees are not bothered by the heat. You see, when a tree is planted by the rivers of water or the riverbank and its roots go deep into the waters, they are not bothered when there's heat all around because they know that their root is in the right place and it's bringing them water. As the other plants that are shallow and they are drying up, it's receiving nutrients from far off. Do you understand? He said, such trees, they are not bothered. They are not bothered by the dry season. They are not bothered because the river is still running. And their source of supply never runs out. Your source of supply will never run out because your trust is in God. I said, because your trust is in God, your source of supply will never run out. He said, such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruits. You will never stop producing fruits. You will never stop producing fruits. Wow. Hope, you will never stop producing fruits. You see, as people are home and they are watching TV, they are relaxing, they are well. It's, what they are, it's around them. They have sofa in an air conditioner living room, so they are staying home. And you are here. Your trust is in the Lord. Your leaves shall never run dry. And you shall never stop producing fruits. In the name of Jesus. You will never stop producing fruits. Amen. The next verse. It says. Is there another one? Yes. You see this is why you can't put your trust in man. Look at this. That is why you can't put. You see you cannot look at the person's face. And say I trust you. You see, you can't just look at the face and say, I trust you. I, you look like someone that I can trust. How? You look like someone that I can trust. No. We don't trust people by their looks. We don't trust people by what they say. We don't trust people by what they are doing around you. You see, you see the human heart, you see, that is, that is the only thing you can trust but the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Wow! The human heart. I didn't write the Bible. The Bible was written many, many centuries before I was born. But God is saying, you know who is saying all these things? (laughs) Do you know who is saying all these things? Who is saying this? Who made your heart? God made your heart. And he said, this heart that I made, for human, he said, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? You see, so you can't look at the person's face and see what is in the heart. You can't you can see that. it says, who knows? Who can find it? Who knows how bad it is? How can I tell? How can I tell how your heart is? By looking at your face? How can I tell? I mean, look at all of us who are sitting here. I mean, whose face looks like the one with the most deceitful heart? Whose face? Is there one? Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Does your neighbor's face look like a deceitful My brother, does, does my face look like a deceitful heart? You can tell. You can't tell. (laughs) That is why it's a curse to put your trust in man. That is why it's a curse to put your trust in man. That is why it's a curse to put your trust in the mere human. (laughs) Hallelujah. You can't. You can't put your trust in man. It says, who really knows how bad it is? And verse 10. It says, but I, the Lord. I, the Lord. I search all hearts and examine secret motives. I, the Lord, I search all hearts and I examine secret motives. Secret motives. So, do you see why you have to put your trust in the Lord? Even if you are looking for a husband, you have to put your trust in the Lord. If you are looking for a wife, you have to put your trust in the Lord. Because it is only God. He says, I, the Lord, I don't look at the face. I don't look at their pretty hair I don't look at their nice bodies I don't look at how nicely they dress I don't listen to the nice soft voices I don't go by soft voices some of you women before you get married your voice are like you can't talk it's like when we ask you questions we keep asking we can hear you we can hear oh I am saying reference Reverend, this is absolutely. Reverend, I can Oh, Reverend. I, Reverend, do you have two minutes? I just wanted to. What? Reverend, I was wondering if you have two minutes and I wanted to. We can't even hear you. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. And we say, hey, she can't even talk. Wow. He said, Reverend, I have found this woman. I have found this woman. Even her mere mouth, she can't even open it to talk. She can't even open her mouth to talk. Reverend, I have not seen a woman so humble like that before. She can't even open her mouth to talk. She says, Reverend, I have done. I, I don't know. We can't we can't get ourselves angry. That, there's nothing I have tried. I've done so many things. We, I can't get her to be angry. We understand each other so much. And then you bring him home. We bring her home. <laughs> that is why. That is why you have to listen. At the, on the wedding day when they put a the ring. That means it's finished. <laughs> it's finished. I am tired of faking. I am tired of this soft voice. Now the real thing is coming out. So when you bring her home, when you bring her home, you call her. What names do we not have in the church? I don't want to call any name and then trouble. One name. Is there any name? We don't. Do we have Rebecca in the house? No, Rebecca. Say, hey, Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca. Hey, what? Hey, Rebecca. is that? <laughs> That's <is> my voice. <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> Rebecca. What? Rebecca. Ah. Rebecca. Who is that? It's me. <laughs> who? Rebecca. Hey. Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> then the man will put his hand on his head. <laughs> what have I brought home? you see, but God, you see, that is why you have to put your trust in God you can't put your trust in a mere woman, in a mere man and believe that what she's saying or what he's saying is what you are going to trust, he says, I God I God, I the Lord I search all hearts the man's heart, the woman's heart some men, they are very nice talking, they want you they take you out they take you out everything is cozy they take you to a restaurant they say what do you want to eat he says um they open the door for you hey. they open the door for you and when you get to the restaurant they put a chair for you to sit down they take your coat also wow And then they give you, the, the menu comes, and then you don't, what, what are you going to eat? Then you say, oh, I just will have, because the woman is also, everyone is faking. You see, everyone is faking. The woman, she likes to eat, but she says, I will like salad. I just want, oh, I just want to have, uh, I just want to have, uh, said, I, I, just, I just want to have salad. I just want to have salad. Say, salad? Oh, yes. Yeah, I don't eat much. Oh. I don't eat much. <laughs> I don't eat much. And what would you drink? Oh, water Water with lemon. Water with lemon. <laughs> do you have fresh lemon? He, she has never eaten lemon before. Never eaten lemon. Never drank water with lemon before. Do you have... Do you have water with lemon. I want water with lemon. And a little bit of ice, please. Is that all? Oh, that's, that's good enough. Are you sure? No. He, the man also is saying, no, have some more. She is also lying. He said, everyone is not real. She's saying to himself, Say, see, see, this woman, where did I find this? Look, she doesn't even eat, just salad. Oh, Lord, thank you. For you see, you are deceiving one another. And as you are both sitting there, as you are both sitting there, the Lord is searching the hearts. Searching the hearts. Searching the hearts. Searching the heart. Examining the secret motives. The secret behind your wanting to eat salad. Why do you want to eat salad? The secret motives. The Lord is examining that. He says, I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. God is wild though. <laughs> Hallelujah. So as you are sitting there deceiving one another he says, okay now you should have some dessert. You didn't eat anything so have some good dessert. Okay, okay, okay. Let me have some dessert. I will have some dessert. What do you want? Oh, I want fruits. <laughs> Fruit. Don't you see that when they bring the fruits, we're having something, all the fruit is left behind? Have you not seen that? They leave all the fruits behind. They say, I want fruits. But the Lord, he examines the hearts. He examines the heart. What is in the heart? Amen. What is in the heart? Do not put your trust in man. Always trust in the Lord. The Lord will find you. The Lord will examine the woman's heart for you. The Lord will examine the man's heart for you. When you seek the Lord, he says, Let your trust be in the Lord. If your trust is in the Lord, your life will be like a tree that is planted by the river bank, whose roots extend into the waters. He says, Your leaves shall never run dry, and you will never stop producing fruits. Amen. Let your trust be in man, in in God, and not in man. Hallelujah. And then. Number nine, he says, when things go from bad to west, it is supposed to turn you towards God. He says, and when he came to himself, he said, I will arise and I'll go to my father's house and say to him, Father, I have sinned against thee and against heaven. Hallelujah. When troubles arise, turn to God. When things get worse, it's supposed to turn you to God. It's supposed to turn you towards God. When things are getting worse, it is not a time to turn towards your friend. When things are getting worse, the first person you call is not your friend. It's not your friend. Let me tell you, a lot of times, your friends, they are happy that you are going through the trouble. Oh, I'm telling you. A lot of times, a lot of times, about 90% of the time, 90% of the time, your so-called best friend is rejoicing that you are going through that trouble. But they will tell you, oh, really? I'm coming over. I'm coming over. I'm coming over to verify. In order for me to rejoice properly, let me come and check before I start rejoicing. I'm telling you. Is it I'm telling you. And you will know, you will know when real help, there's a need for real help. Then you will see. If they are really happy for you or they are sad for you. Yeah. So your problems should turn you towards God. So your problems are supposed to bring you toward God. In Jonah chapter 2 verse 1 to 4 it says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou hearest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the flowers compass me about. All the billows and thy waves pass over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again towards thy holy temple. May you always look to the holy temple of the Lord. Whenever you are in trouble, let the holy temple of God be your source of solution. When we have prayer meetings, do not exclude yourself. It's the time to come and seek the face of God. Hallelujah. And the last one, it says, it is time to repent and turn to God. The young man said, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against thee and against heaven. When the time comes, you have to repent. All of us have to come to a place where we repent and turn to the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah says you must repent now. Think correctly now. And think correctly quickly. Repentance means turning around and going in the opposite direction. Repentance means to change your mind. Repentance means to humble yourself. Hallelujah. That is the key to repentance. Humility. When you are not humble, you cannot turn around. When you are not humble, you cannot repent. Hallelujah. It takes humility for anyone to say, I am sorry. It is humility, amen, to acknowledge, to accept that I am wrong and I am turning around. I am sorry. I am coming back, God. Hosea 6, verse 1 to 2, our last scripture, it says, come and let us return unto the Lord. For he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up. And we shall live in his light. <clears> throat> Hallelujah. Throat> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Let our trust be in the Lord. Amen. Amen. He's a giver of life. Hallelujah. Yes. He's a giver of life. What is a mere man? He's just a breath. A breath. A mere man. is just a breath. Hallelujah. Never let your trust be in man. Never let your trust be in man. No matter what the situation is, do not put your trust in man more than you put your trust in God. Hallelujah. The Bible says that your life shall be a stunted shrub in a desert. A stunted shrub in a desert. Putting your trust in man. It doesn't matter. God does not make any exception. God is not making exception as to whether it's your father, your mother, your wife, or your husband. He says, Case is anyone who puts his trust in man. You are cursed. May you never be cursed. Because your trust is in a man. But may your trust always be in God. That your life will be like a tree that is planted by the river bank. Whose roots go deep into the waters. And whose leaves never run dry. Whose leaves are always green. And that never stops producing fruit. As your trust is in the Lord, you will never stop producing fruit. Your life will be fruitful. I say your life will be fruitful you will have a lot of people who are jealous of you because your trust is in God many people will be jealous of you because whatever you set your hand to do will prosper because of your trust is in the Lord may your trust always be in the Lord may nothing turn you away from God in the name of Jesus let no difficult situations turn you away from God but may that turn you even closer and closer to God may you always look to Jesus May you always look up to Jesus Amen. for your solutions, Amen. for answers, for, for, for all the things that Amen. you seek for. May the solutions come from Jehovah. Amen. The one that is on high. Amen. May you receive the wisdom of God, Amen. not the wisdom of man. Amen. May your understanding be enlightened. Amen. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Amen. That you may see the hope of his calling Amen. and what the riches of his inheritance are. May your eyes be open you see the great inheritance of the Lord that your trust shall be in him build a fundamental trust in the Lord in the name of Jesus father we are thankful and grateful in Jesus name hallelujah why don't you stand to your feet and let's bring the service to a close father we are thankful and grateful for your word tonight Lord, we thank you that we can call you Abba Father. We thank you that we have a God that we can trust. Father, when our trust is in you, our lives is like a tree that is planted by the river bank. Father, may our trust not be in mere human. May our trust not be in a man. May our trust not be in a woman. For whose heart no one knows. For you say the heart of a man. The deceitful above all things, the heart of man is so deceitful, who can know it? But you, oh God, you search the hearts of man, even the deep secrets of man's motive, you search them, and you reward us according to our actions, Lord. Our trust will always be in you, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you tonight, in Jesus' name. If there's anyone here tonight, With all eyes closed, every head bowed, you are not born again. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus as my personal Savior. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. If that is your prayer, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for causing us to approach and to be a part of this kingdom. We pray, Lord, that you give us that grace to continue to walk with you. May we always have our trust in you. May our trust always be in you. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for everyone that is here. I pray, O Lord, against the weapons of the enemy that drives us away from you. Father, the forces that drive us away from you, the forces that remove us further and further from you, Lord, we come against such forces. We come against every situation that arises, Lord, that turns us away from you. Any situation that turns our heart away from you, Lord, we dismantle and we destroy in the name of Jesus. Father, may our hearts always be turned towards you and may we draw closer and closer to you in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Why don't you give the Lord a clap? We, don't bless we, you. Open up the sky. we hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at l-c-i dot b-r-o-n-x at gmail dot com